The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome back into another special edition of the Just Press Play podcast. Pops is out, but I am joined now by LJ. And Jacob is back in the fold with us. We are going to talk some NFL draft to start. Then we might even uh, revisit the the biggest trade in NFL history just to kind of look back on what actually happened in that. And then special guest, we got Ben Albright, NFL insider, joining us to kind of give us a quick little interview on what he's hearing from the draft, some big things happening. Plus, we have a little fun on the back end. And then... I'll be joined once more by Braden, recurring guest, uh, also known as OJ. We're going to talk a little uh, NBA as the season winds down. So we got a lot, a lot planned for you. But first, I got to ask, you know, uh, LJ, Jacob, how y'all doing? How's it? We hadn't talked to you in a while, Jacob. What's going on? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I didn't make it to the Josh fight. I thought maybe I could try to get the name Josh if I won. But since I'm not a Josh, it wasn't. Like totally. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, there was the huge brawl of Josh's. (laughs) It was in Lincoln, Nebraska, LJ. Yeah, I think that's right. A random field, a bunch of Josses showed up with a bunch of pool noodles and fought it out, and a four year old (laughs) won. I don't know if you could have got in or not. I think you did have to be a Josh. Yeah, well, that's what I was kind of thinking as I'd like, I'd forge my name, but then it's kind of like, have you ever seen a Knight's Tale? Yes. Yes. So he like, he fakes his heritage until um he's won enough and meets the king if i met little josh he might let me be like a joshua or something you know what i mean like <laughs> it might have worked out for me but it I, I didn't even try so i'll never know <laughs> just for i mean real quick to for anybody that didn't know what the, the battle of josh's was didn't lj we you were telling me about this just a random guy kind of like right when the pandemic started when we were all sitting at home he just sent like either a facebook group or twitter group to like a bunch of yeah so so the way it went down was uh in uh, it was april 24th i believe of 2020 um a facebook group a facebook message got started with uh like i think 20 josh swains and uh the person who started it said hey um i'm sure you're wondering why i gathered you all here today and uh and they said oh because we have the same name and and he was like, yeah, yeah. So we're going to meet in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we're going to find out who the real Josh Swain is. Um, and uh, this <laughs> opened up to all Josh's after that, because uh, it's just more fun that way. Um, but if you know it, Josh, they're probably not Josh anymore. I mean, that's the that's the big takeaway here. <laughs> well, and like they had a bunch of people show up. I was watching something. They had they, it was like a, a TV reporter went there and interviewed some people. A dude drove from like Houston. A dude drove oh, from Branson, Missouri. Like people were driving from all over because they were just like. <laughs> Or even some flu, but they're just like, I don't know. I didn't have anything else to do, and it was kind of cool. So I showed up, and they raised a bunch of money for the local uh, uh, food uh, food donation. I, there's a name for it. But then they also raised a bunch of money for the local children's hospital yeah. there, too. So 
It was it was really cool. Yeah. Cool. And deal. it's just and like it it's funny. It's dudes being dudes. I think like that's one of my favorite things about it is like uh Anytime you hear the news say like uh, dozens of men gathered in Omaha, Nebraska or Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> like, you know, that's a bad story. And it yeah. turns out it was like one of the most heartwarming, like stupid things. And in, in like and it year. was legit it was so good. video. Like, it's just a ton of dudes with pool noodles <laughs> swinging about each other. It's so dumb. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the only issue I had with it, you know, there is one place to go that has all the odds on anything. If you were trying to bet on the Josh's, unfortunately, our 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 guys and our guys and gals over at Bet Online did not have ad, odds on this one because I just don't think like like many of us didn't realize that there would be this big of an event. Well, and but it's tough to scout. This, I mean, they didn't even know who Little Josh was coming into this. You true, know? it's just tough true. to scout. <laughs> Cute little kid. But, uh, <laughs> but this week the jo- the battle of Josh is over. But this week has tons of sports action ready, as you know, and as we're going to talk about the NFL drafts on the way, and they have so many props. They have. How many uh, quarterbacks are taken in the first round? How many quarterbacks are taken in the first four picks? Where Justin Fields go? Where Mac Jones go? I mean, they got them all over at the NFL draft. There's one on there that is how many offensive linemen go in the first round, and I think it's at six and a half. Oh. I'm very interested in the over on that. Uh, that, that just a little, little nugget for you, so go the opposite way probably. And there's also the Kentucky Derby is back this weekend with the first leg of the Triple Crown beginning. Look, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, and NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this year... As this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And then, real quick, before we get into NFL draft stuff, I have to tell you about this new this new app called Locker Room. It's it's a really cool live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to all different kinds of fans, athletes, insiders, analysts. They're all there on uh, Locker Room, and it's all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and react to the breaking news. I know they had something after the UF two, UFC two sixty one. After the knockout, there was a bunch of insiders and and fans just all joined in to just shoot the shit and talk some talk some sports and talk what's going on. So it's real cool. It's it's uh, it's like a podcast except for in live time, and then you can throw some uh, comments in there and you have your your people react to it. Maybe one day we'll get on locker room, but for now. You can find Locker Room. It's on the iOS store. It's free to download. Just uh, type in Locker Room on the App Store and download it and then create a profile, link your Twitter, and then join a group. It is the place to go for chatting up sports. All right, let's get into the NFL draft. And first, I guess we know it's funny. We know, I guess, right, the first two picks. We know it's Lawrence. We know it's Wilson. It's kind of weird. I feel like there'd be a lot more. Like I know that the kind of the the rumor is that Mac Jones is going to the 49ers at three, yeah. and a lot of people are just up in arms. Like I can't believe they're going to draft him over Lance, or I can't believe they're going to draft him over Fields. But no one's really saying that about Wilson. Is that just because we've gotten so used to like that's going to happen? Like Jacob, why do you think no one's even throwing up any fuss about Wilson going ahead of some of those guys? Yeah, everything I've all, I've seen so far is yeah, no one's talking about Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson because there's no point. They don't think they get past those first two picks. Um, I think I'd be rather shocked if if Zach Wilson didn't go to the Jets. Um, 
but at the same time that's all i've been seeing so i think i'm just brainwashed to think oh that's what's gonna be <laughs> um because yeah like you said i don't think the first question mark comes up in this draft until that third pick with san francisco well and they i did see i think it was todd mcshay he on on he <laughs> came on espn's van pelt show i think and he said he knows for a fact that Zach Wilson is going to. So it sounds like it's, if that, if that changes, then it'll not just surprise us. It'll surprise everybody that actually does this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, go into that 49ers. They did trade. We looked it up. They traded. Let's see. They're 2021, 2022 and 2023 first round picks. So three first round picks to move up to third this year. And I think there's a, a compensatory third round pick in there too. But, and then our boy Kyle Shanahan making making headlines today. They asked him, "Will Jimmy Garoppolo be on the 49ers roster on Sunday?" LJ. His answer was, "Quote: I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, so I can't <laughs> guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday." And they asked him about if he had a, a prospect that he likes, and he said, "When we traded up three, we liked all five prospects. We're still evaluating." So, LJ, one, <laughs> do you think they traded up? To, what, what do you think about his vagueness? And two, did they trade up to three and? And they don't know who they want. No, they I, they have to know who they want. I mean, there's probably still. I saw there was like a a tweet where it was like the 49ers are listening, um, and uh, people were supposed to respond with what they wanted. But no, I think they know who they want. <laughs> um, I think this is. It's not like the with the owner of the Browns who was like listening to uh, a homeless Clevelandier um, to <laughs> figure out whether he wanted to pick Johnny Manziel or not. I think they have they have made this pick a long time ago. I mean, probably not that long ago. I think they probably made this pick a week ago. But they know who they're getting. They just don't want everybody else to because there might be some trades that happen, you know, outside of that that can control what they can do with their later picks or something. Um, but yeah, so, they know who they're picking. So Jacob, are are you also uh, thinking it looks like Mac Jones? And what do you think about who do you think they should take and who do you think they will take? I first want to tell anyone that gets drafted by the San Francisco 49ers that after that comment he made, don't drink any water or Kool-Aid that they give you at, at the <laughs> facility because they sounds like they're, they're pulling some cult stuff over there. Um, but uh, but uh, I honestly don't – I think they know they're getting a QB. That's That that type of trade tells you exactly. You're tr- you think you yeah. have an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback, which, I mean, if they think – I mean, looking at how they've done recently – this is probably their shot at having a as being as close to having a top five pick as for the next couple of years with that defense with the the core they have there still. Um, they just got hurt enough last year to not win that many games, and so um, I think they the room the reports that I read and saw were that they actually called all five teams at the or all three teams at here at the three four and five because um, they were said they were happy with whoever they got at all five of those positions, which tells you it's a QB also because there's five great QBs in this draft. Um, Mac Jones seems to be the leader from all the insiders. He's the true pocket passer compared to Lance and Fields. Um, I don't know, though. I think I personally think Trey Lance could shock some people. The kid is crazy talented. Um, and we've seen these big arms like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen do some crazy things. So we'll see. But it's definitely a QB, and I'm excited to see who they go with. I don't think there's any wrong answer here. Yeah, that's why I did like the trade because I think you hit the nail on the head. They, the 49ers see themselves, and they, I think rightfully so, they see themselves as a Super Bowl contender for the next few years. They've built a good roster, and they're going to keep doing that. And last year the wheels just fell off with, crazy injuries and they ended up at the 12th pick and they're and i think in their mind they thought 
We're never going to have this high of draft capital to try to trade up. There's quarterbacks we like, and it sounds like they're not in on Garoppolo. I, I think they go Trey Lance. The Mac Jones is interesting because it does seem like Kyle Shanahan has affinity for that type of quarterback. He loved Matt Ryan, and it worked out. And he's always rumored. It seems like every year he's rumored to maybe do a trade for Kirk Cousins. And Mac Jones reminds me a lot of those guys. He can do everything. He, he might not be great at any one thing, but he's just really solid at everything. Smart quarterback. And I, so I could see that. But it, to me, if you're picking three, I just would love to see someone with Lance's or, Lance or Fields athleticism in that offense as well. I think Shanahan could do fun stuff with him. And with him saying that Garoppolo could be around another year, I could see the Lance. Lance is kind of mm-hmm. he's he's kind of green behind the ears. You take Lance, and then if he's great in camp, you bring him in week one. But if not, do the Patrick Mahomes thing. Let him sit for a year. Let Garoppolo be the guy. LJ, do you do you think what do you do you think they go Mac Jones? What do you think they do there? I genuinely have no idea, but uh, everything I've heard kind of indicates to me that uh, they want us to think they're going Mac Jones, which is why I kind of think they might be going Justin Fields. I But I, I don't really have a dog in the fight except for I'm interested, um, but uh, I don't know. So I don't have a good answer. Well, the more the more interesting pick to me, Jacob, is that number four. And it's Ooh, the Falcons. Yeah. We know Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan's done being like a a great, a good Mm -hmm. quarterback. I don't know about great, but I think he still has some uh, gas left in the tank, but he is getting up there in age. And as we know, even if Mac Jones goes or whatever, there's still Lance fields. They'll have their, their, they'll have at least two out of Mac Jones, Lance or fields. Do you think they go quarterback? I know they're open to trading down or do they go who a lot of people call the best prospect in this draft? And that's Kyle Pitts. What do you think? God, I would love to see Kyle Pitts there. Um, I know just from a from a fantasy standpoint, I've already seen this that the new coach Arthur Smith, uh, I think he runs the most two tight end personnel of anyone, um, and so they already have Hayden Hurst there. So I just think it would be a crazy defensive matchup to have Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts uh, lining up there for the Falcons, especially cause I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. Um, I would love to see him get another shot with some crazy good weapons. You already have Ridley and Julio and Akali. I really hope we don't see Julio get traded here. Cause that's also a rumor floating around that he could possibly get traded for another pick in the first for them. But it's interesting cause you have a totally new regime there. And so you just don't know what they want to do. Do they want to try to continue to, to build off what's there or go into rebuild mode and draft yourself stuff for the future? Um, it's tough, so because they could also be staring at a, a QB as well, right here, and you just don't know. That that one's interesting to me because they're at a point where, and on your Julio talk about trading him, they're at a point where I don't know the exact number now, but they are at the worst when all out of all thirty two teams, they have the worst cap situation, and it's because they the regime before it's why there's a new regime. The regime before it just had a tough, tough three or four year stint, mm-hmm. and they paid a lot of money to a lot of people. And now it's time for all those contracts, like the Matt Ryan and Julio two in particular. It's just time where those two guys are getting paid the most there of their contracts. So as of right now, with how much money they have left, they cannot sign all of their rookies in this draft. Like everybody they draft, they won't have enough money to sign them all. So they will have to do something. Mm-hmm. Julio, clears up by far the most room and is well, Matt Ryan would clear up the most room, but I don't think anybody's trading for that contract at his age. Julio, on the other hand, a team could trade up for him and he, there's still a lot left in Julio's team. So I, I, 
I think I, I'm with you. I would like to see them go. Let, let's keep Matt Ryan. I think uh, the coach they got is a, a good offensive coach. Keep Matt Ryan there and go get him a weapon. Or if you find a team that loves – if because I, I think there's – from what I've gathered, and I, this is a little bit talking with uh, Ben Albright er, uh, earlier, and then just from what I've read, there's a few teams that like Mac Jones, but there's, there's teams that love Lance and Fields. I don't know which one. Uh, yeah. It might be Lance. So if Lance doesn't go three – that's where I think the, the Falcons think trade because I don't know who the teams are. LJ, I know uh, Ben does mention he wouldn't give me a name. I tried to nail it down. He said <laughs> yeah. there's a quarterback for the Broncos, a quarterback that they are in love with, and if they have a chance with, they'll get him. I don't know who that is. It could be Mac Jones. It could be Pitts. I mean, it could be uh, Lance. It could be Fields. Maybe, hell, it might be Wilson. Maybe he's saying that's why there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, but so it's not even worth mentioning. I just think that's – that's why the, the, the Falcons are oh, – and if I'm the Falcons, I definitely listen because you trade down, you could still get a weapon if they trade down and try to go get a, a Jamar Chase or go get a really good tackle or get a, a Waddle if they trade out of the top ten. There's they're still options, so I'm really interested to see what they do. I'm, the other team I'm really intrigued by is to see what hap- – well, first, before I do that, I want to talk to the wide receiver weapons, and there's a lot of talk now. Devontae Smith coming off maybe – the best year we've ever seen by a wide receiver. He just won the Heisman. He put up, let's see, caught 117 passes, 1,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, while leading the Alabama to the national title. And he did so, if you remember that national championship game where he went absolutely crazy <laughs> when everybody knew he was getting the ball. But now, of course, we got to find something we're worried about, and teams are worried about his size. I had it written down somewhere. Um. He is, this is uh, good podcasting here. Let's see, his lack of size and slight frame. Slight frame is what most people are worried about. He is six foot, one fourth of an inch, 160 pounds. I think if you look at him, he does look really skinny. Jacob, does that worry you or do you go, I saw what he did at Alabama. It didn't seem to bother him how big he was. What do you think about that? No, it doesn't worry me. He's still a top three wide receiver in this class by far. I think those top three guys truly separate themselves pretty pretty good um those being jamar chase Devonte smith and and uh, jalen waddle um and i think smith just had a crazy crazy year last year he plays really big he does not play to his size at all he is a big threat he plays big and so i i think the tape speaks for itself um i don't think you need to worry about it now the, the issue here is it could cost him a couple of spots in the draft because if you're going to have to nitpick between the three, I've, I've seen that Smith gets always listed as the number three there just because of the, the sheer size. I'm seeing, and a lot of the mock drafts I'm seeing, I'm, Jamar Chase is the first. We're calling Pitt, even though I kind of think Pitts is a receiver. Like I just yeah. put him as a receiver, just a pass catcher. But mm-hmm. out of wide receivers, specific wide receivers, I see Chase going one most often, then Waddle. Waddle makes sense because he's just got – the crazy, crazy speed that you just can't do. You can't coach. Exactly, yeah. And then a lot of people have Smith going later. I think I think that's a mistake. I think Smith's – Chase was great. So I was looking at stats because I know Chase broke records uh, the last year he played, which he set out this past year. He, he mm-hmm. decided to set out with COVID. But right. the year before he played with Burrow, he put up uh, close to 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. And as just mentioned, Smith had more yards and more touchdowns and – What's interesting to me, Devontae Smith did it with Jalen Waddle going out for a lot of the years, so he didn't have that guy drawing coverage like you typically would see. Mm-hmm. J- 
Jamar Chase did it with Joe Burrow, who Mac Jones is a great quarterback. I would say Joe Burrow is better. And then he also had Justin Jefferson, who we just saw was who what he put up in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Clearly, a, a great receiver taking taking targets away or taking uh, 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 coverage, coverage away from. Yeah. Him. So it, that was interesting. And what it looks like to me is people saying that uh, a lot of people are circling Jamal Ch- Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. And so I want to ask you, Jacob, the Bengals. It's basically it looks like they're going to go. Jamar Chase or maybe one of the one of the tackles, Sewell or uh, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. What do you think they do, and what do you think they should do? Yeah, I, this is going to be one of my favorite NFL drafts in a long time, I think, because we have so many offensive weapons up at the top. There's not that just crazy good edge rusher or defensive end or somebody that someone has to have at the top here, a cornerback. We probably won't see a cornerback taken until Dallas comes up. Um, so I'm very excited for these top 10 picks and I'm loving it because you can see three or you could see possibly three or four straight QBs going at the top. And then you're sitting right here with Cincinnati Bengals. You could possibly see Jamar Chase going back with his old QB, Joe Burrow. And the very next pick, the Dolphins going with one of Tua's old, old teammates. And you just never see that. So it's really cool to see. I personally would would rather them go offensive tackle. I've I've seen the scar on Joe Burrow's knee. Um, yeah, that thing is massive. And if and if they learned anything from the Chiefs spending half a billion dollars on Patrick Mahomes and watching him run for his life in the Super Bowl, you need to protect that investment. Um, I would I would think offensive tackle is a smart move. But Jamar Jamar Chase is a hell of a playmaker, and that's probably what the people want to see. And they've also made they also signed another offensive lineman in free agency. That was a pretty good pickup. Um, and they had last year's first round pick, I believe, or two years ago, first round pick Jonah Williams at left tackle already. Um, so they have they they're set for twenty twenty one. Doesn't mean they can't get better at offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. But if they did take Chase, it'd be a very electrifying pick. I I wonder if it's the chase pick. I wonder how much that is Joe Burrow going to mm-hmm. the the GM or the coach and going, dude, just give me my guy, give me my <laughs> guy. I want my receiver. But I don't know, LJ. Do you, it it kind of comes down to do you protect the quarterback or do you go get the quarterback a weapon? Where where do you stand just in that thought process? Not necessarily between these two prospects, but just in general. That's a good question. It I mean. It doesn't matter how many weapons you've got if you don't have any protection. So I, I tend to lean towards Which, protection. Like Jacob said, we saw that with Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, you tend to lean towards protection for me. But uh, I could see the argument yeah. the other way too because what's a quarterback that doesn't have a receiver? So I see the argument, but I'm about the offensive line. Give me that offensive line. Give me a good tight end. Give me a good fullback or running back that can block something to make sure that that guy's safe. Well, and if you trust that Joe Burrow is as good as they, I, I think they think he's great, and I, I can see why he did look really, really good. I think he can make. You don't have to maybe have the best receiver out there. You could have really good receivers, and if you can just protect, if you can just protect Joe Burrow, he'd be there. Plus, I don't know. I mean, they have cap room, Jacob. I wonder they could go get a uh, offensive lineman. Go get. Julio, go get him that target. Now you got to right. up, and that that would be interesting. They, they have a lot of options from what they can do here. They're sitting pretty for the future. The question for me is, I don't know if Chase is the right pick because for me, taking Chase means you're trying to set, you're basically setting yourself up. Okay, this is the guy that's going to help us win a Super Bowl in the next couple years. I don't know if they're there yet. I know there's a lot. They need a lot of help on the defense still. Um, but sit so sitting up here at five, you really got to think. Okay, do we? Are one of these guys a gener- like a generational talent or something that's going to win a Super Bowl, or 
do we go safe, build build a, build the offensive line, and next year we get that top wide receiver? And it's and it's a very yeah. it's a very deep wide receiver class this year. They could trade back into the first round, or free agency is always crazy every year. I feel like so. I kind of I think it comes down to that. I mean, in in their scouting, do they say is Penesol is he going to be a ten year left tackle, mm-hmm. all pro to match up with what they think is going to be a ten to fifteen year career for Burrow? And if that's the case, you take him. If you think Jamar Chase is not just a great like a good receiver, but Hall of Fame Julio Jones receiver, right. maybe I don't know. That's where I think it comes down to. I do want to ask before we get into uh, do a little revisionist history here. Is there? Do you have a bold prediction, Jacob? Anything, either a team trading up or a guy falling way down in the board? Just anything bold that kind of will, that we could see on Thursday that would shock us? Gosh, I would love to see, and I think I think um, LJ will like this. I would love to see the Broncos somehow get into that either top four somehow or trade up just in front of Carolina and take uh, whichever one of those four QBs possibly falls, or the fifth QB if they fall. Because Carolina, I think, if they're staring at Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they're they're taking him um, at eight. And I would love to see Broncos just snub him and move up one pick and trade that with the Lions. That would be something. And, and, that would be something. And get, and get a QB. I think that'd be really really funny and good to see. I I think also I would. It's it's such a deep wide receiver class. I pray that the Green Bay Packers draft a wide receiver for for Aaron Rodgers. I, we've all been waiting. I don't. I think the world would rejoice for Aaron Rodgers if he got a wide receiver in the first round somehow. Um, so I'd love to see that. But I think I think the biggest question mark for me is if Mac Jones does not go there at three, how far does he fall? Um, does he fall all the way to fifteen to the New England Patriots or possibly even? I mean, that'd be the gold mine for Washington is if he fell all the way to 19 for them. Um, because I think San Francisco is the only team that likes to take those pass or the um, the typical prototypical passers where Fields and Lance, they're flashier, they have the mobility, and that's actually been uh, looked at, sought after for more teams coming in between there. So I just, I kind of think, so this is just my gut. Uh, I think that the 49ers go Lance. They go Lance at three. And I think that's the, the, the quarterback Denver's eye. I think if they like one, I think it's Lance. And so I could definitely see Denver's got a really good roster. It wouldn't shock me. I don't think they're out on Drew Locke. I really don't think they're so they're, I don't think they're ready to pass up on him. So I could easily see trade down from nine, build some more capital, and just keep building a great roster around Locke. And we get one more year with them, and we figure out next year. If Locke's bad, whatever, all right, now we go get our quarterback. They traded around with draft capital, so they have some some ammo to go trade up next year if they need to. Unless it's feels they like. I just think I, I think it's Lance. What do you, LJ, you're the Broncos fan here. I, what do you what would you not what do you think? What what do you want? Okay, so <laughs> I you know I'm a I'm a Drew Locke stan. Like I'm about Drew Locke. I uh-huh. think he's great. Uh I I would like to see the Broncos get who they want because I do trust uh uh for no reason really, but I trust George Patton more than I trust me. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I still like drew lock. So what I'd really want to see is I'd, I, yeah, I'd want to see him trade down. I'd want to see them go for an inside linebacker or another <clears> running back. Cause I don't think Melvin Gordon's the answer. Um, at least long-term, um, uh, maybe, maybe a safety. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, just build that team up, um, get them a little stronger, um, and give drew lock the chance that I'd love to see him have, um, is what I'm hoping for, but we'll see. I, we'll see. Yeah. 
I believe the Broncos made a pretty good splash on the defensive side of the football in free agency. They're, they did, I mean, yeah. They're, their corner, uh, yeah. Kyle Fuller, I mean, sh- mm-hmm. hell yeah. Um, yeah they're, they, they're, they a couple, they're a couple people away from really – I mean, as a Chiefs fan, I'm very worried about them because yeah, there's a lot of firepower on that offensive side of the ball. Um, and and I, I'm actually that- a Drew, I'm a Drew Locke fan. I, I think the kid can sling it. The only issue I have is they have a chance at getting one of these top four guys, and I think yeah. those guys are definitely they project better than Drew Locke at least. And I think the the story and the story actually coming out for next year is that this is such a big QB class this year, and it's it's looking very weak next year as of right now, from what I can tell. So that's the question: Do you trade up and get the fourth guy for this class, knowing how strong it is? Or do you stick with Locke, and then now you're looking at trading up for somebody that's not as good as Justin Fields or Trey Lance or somebody? It's a tough question. That's a good question. It's a tough job. It's a good question. <laughs> it's so hard to judge the quarterback. For uh, We used to be able to at least kind of have an idea like mm-hmm. next year's class. I mean, we just look at the, the previous couple of years, like when Kyler, when Baker Mayfield went first overall, that a year before that happened, no one thought that was even a chance. People like thought he was a third round. Mm-hmm. And then – Kyler Murray, uh, I don't think people had any thought that he would be the first overall pick, and then there we go. And then last year, Joe Burrow, again, coming out of after his junior year, no one thought he was that great. He had like a third-round grade, and then he goes first overall. And then we got this year, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson both weren't expected to be – they weren't the prospects people were looking ahead to a year ago today. Well, and don't even but forget, here we are. Trevor Lawrence went from some nobody to he can he can be a first-round uh, – a, a first-pick whenever he wants to go within a year. Like it was within a year he went mm. from nobody to he can either stay or go to the NFL number one. And yeah, so you never know. You really don't. But I I do see your point, Jacob. If it if it's not looking like a great class, it's kind of hard to wait because then you're putting all your marbles in Drew, um, which mm. I'm in for. Like I'm in for. I'm in. But um, <laughs> I can I can totally get the trepidation. The Broncos are fun because I I truly think, and I know we've talked about this, LJ, and I think the roster is there if they get good quarterback play. Now it just comes down to, and it's their evaluation, is Drew Locke give them the good yeah. quarterback play or do they need to go get one? Because everything else, the pieces are in play to, for everything else to work. So I let's see what John Elway yeah. and uh, Patton do down there. Um, <laughs> the My biggest, the thing I think we're going to see that's going to be the shocking thing is and I'm going to be on Justin Fields watch. I think he drops. I think he drops like a rock. And I think he goes, maybe the Patriots, I think maybe the Patriots are going to be able to take him without even trading. Really? I, I think that, might be that's what you hate. You hate seeing some of these really? guys fall to them and like, Oh, we're just giving Bill Belichick this guy. Come on. Well, and I don't know. It, I just, I, I need to look into the stats of this. It seems like those QBs that drop, they often do pretty well. I mean, not always. There was like what Brady Quinn dropped quite a bit and he wasn't. Uh, yeah, it didn't work. But, out. you know, sometimes there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers, I think, out there that that really should have gone probably six picks, seven picks, eight picks earlier than they actually went. And uh, yeah, you hate to see him go to the fucking Patriots. But <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, it makes sense. It, interesting. And stick around and listen. Ben talks about why he kind of thinks. Teams are, and he he didn't report any specific team or any put a name to it, but just why he kind of thinks teams and are, are are a little out on Justin Fields, and it's interesting to me. But I, I think the Patriots could be the perfect fit for him. He goes there, he can sit under Cam Newton, and and maybe not sit, maybe. He, but for them, it's kind of like they're hedging their bets. They if Fields isn't ready, Cam Newton's that same style of quarterback, and so your backups Fields. If Cam gets hurt, you put Fields in, and he plays that. He can do that same style, and I just like it. I. I think I could see him falling and falling a lot and 
Then if the Patriots, for whatever reason, say the Patriots trade up to get Mac Jones, say that it's Lance at three, the Patriots trade up for Mac Jones at some point, then I don't know where Fields go because I don't think the Broncos are in on Fields, and then I don't think the Eagles are in on a quarterback. I think they like Hurts. And then all of a sudden it's dropping. Do the, do the Raiders maybe go Fields? Do the do the Washington football team go fields? I think he could drop fast and yeah, yeah, and that would be interesting because we've seen it before. It's like Brady Quinn. We thought top three pick for sure, like LJ was saying, and all of a sudden it's like pick fifteen, and he still hasn't gone off the board. Aaron Rodgers the same way. We thought he was maybe the number one overall <laughs> pick, and all of a sudden, yeah, pick ten still sitting in the green room. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to see what yeah. happens with Fields. I think yeah. I think that the Patriots are sitting at at fifteen. I don't think I think they'll have a shot at one of the five for sure falling to them, and it's just on them if they want to pull the trigger or not. So because there's a big after after because yeah after Carolina and Denver at eight and nine, it's the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Chargers, Vikings. They got their guys for now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. There's the Patriots sitting right uh, there. <laughs> well, we'll see what those damn Patriots do. I'm sure it'll fall just perfectly in place for them. They they've had to have one year of suffering, and those poor Boston fans, and now they're going to get their <laughs> franchise guy probably. Uh, I want to talk about. I, I tease it off the top, but the biggest trade. I think it's safe to say it's the biggest trade in NFL draft history. Maybe in NFL history, it's a huge trade. So I'm. Of course, we're talking about the Cowboys trading Herschel Walker oh in, 1990, in 1989 to the Minnesota Vikings, basically setting the table for the dynasty that was the Cowboys until they fell off for two decades. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting for anybody my age, I, I, we know the trade, but do we really know exactly what happened in the trade, how, many, how big it actually was? So I looked it up. The Cowboys traded him after – uh, what ended up being his best year of his career, his, his rookie year, he had 1,500 uh, total rushing receiving yards. Then his second year, he had 1,600. And then his final year, his third year with the Cowboys, he had 2,000 total yards, about, I think, 1,700 rushing. So he had a great year. And the Cowboys showed him to the Vikings. Let's, for, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's put even a little context just so we can think about, like, so that's like, yeah, it's a, a running back. It is a running back. So it's like, it's Zeke at his peak, right? It's like young Zeke, you're like, Man, I can yeah. get just about anything for this guy, uh, but you can't really because it's a running back. You know, we're we're okay. So what do they get? What do they get out of it? They traded him to the Vikings for five players and six draft Jeez. picks. And if you if you'd like to know those picks, let's look at them. The first, second, and sixth in 1990. The first and second in 1991. And the first, second, and third in 1992. So their first and second picks for three straight years. Wow. wow. And what did those picks turn into? They turned into Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, and Darren Woodson, among many other. Emmett Smith turned into turned out to be one of the greatest running backs ever as the all-time leading rusher in yards and second all-time in total touchdowns behind just Jerry Rice. Darren Woodson turned into a five-time Pro Bowler, a four-time All-Pro player, and is the Cowboys still to this day the Cowboys all-time leader in tackles? Maryland, the uh, the defensive tackle is who they draft. Russell Maryland, he ended up playing five years with the Cowboys, starting ten or more in four of those years, and made one Pro Bowl. And then Kevin Smith was another guy they took, a cornerback, played eight years with the Cowboys, starting sixteen all sixteen games and five of those, making one All-Pro team. So what did the Vikings get at Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker would play two years for the Vikings, never surpassing one thousand <laughs> yards before eventually leaving for the Eagles and the Giants and actually being reacquired by the Cowboys later on in his wow. career. So 
not only wow. and now that's why to this day to this day that not only built the dynasty but that's why people still uh, go back to the Jimmy Johnson draft mo- draft grades and like what a first round pick is worth because and I think it's a partly Jimmy Johnson just got lucky he found a team that was willing to trade all that as you said LJ for a running back of all things mm-hmm. and and it worked out I, it worked out great for him and the picks worked out and so now everyone thinks Jimmy Johnson some draft savant and I'm like that was 1990 yeah. I don't know if it still carries 30 years later but it's just crazy I I knew that trade I've always heard like Dad has said, LJ, like, oh, that, that, and I've heard granddad even say, like, oh, the Herschel Walker trade, that's what kind of built the dynasty. Yeah. But I did not realize it, it was the dynasty. Well, it's what, it's what built and it. And I will, I will defend the Vikes a little bit that a running back mattered back then a lot more than it does today. It's, it was not such a passing league. So having somebody like game. Herschel Walker could really make or break, you know, five or six games in your uh, season potentially. So, um, it, I while I still think even keeping that in mind, it's an absurd trade. There is some reasonable amount of like, yeah, they should have given up a lot to try to get him. If they thought that was the guy, give up a bit to get him. But it was too much. Well, way they, too much. The NFL was not ready yet for at, at that time. I think we've learned now you have to be a, at least worried about if you have a running back for three years that you just run into the ground that he could wear out quicker than say a receiver or a defensive back or something. It's just a, a tough position for a player. And unfortunately as a Cowboys fan, the Cowboys have not learned from that. <laughs> they still decided after you mentioned Zeke, Zeke had three awesome years. And instead of maybe seeing what they could trade him for, they said, let's pay him more than any running backs ever been paid in the history of the NFL. And so far it doesn't seem like that's working out great, but uh, you never know. I guess I'm still <laughs> holding out hope, but <laughs> That, I just w- went back and looked at that trade, and I just – I love the revisionist history, kind of looking oh, at yeah. how, how, what ended up happening from it. So, All right, Jacob, I really appreciate you coming on. And now we will send things over to – we got a, a fun interview with Ben Albright, and then we'll have uh, Braden uh, OJ coming up to talk some NBA too. Stick with us. Here we go. Let's go to Ben. And we are joined now by Benjamin Albright. Oh, you can find him on Twitter at Albright NFL. And I know you are digging into all the NFL draft stuff and it's a busy time for you. Ben, first off, thanks for joining us. And uh, what is going on? I, what's the, the the big thing? Actually, let's start with this. I know everybody's thinking or wanting to know about the quarterback situation. So uh, what are you hearing as of we're recording this, this uh, the weekend before the draft? What are you hearing about? We know one and two, uh, Lawrence and uh, Wilson. At three, do we, do we think? What are the 49ers doing? What do you hear? Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. Um, you know, I, I, there are some prominent agents that definitely feel like that the Mac Jones thing is legitimate. Um, and I'll say that it's more legitimate than the people totally blowing it off um, are, are giving credence to when they traded up to three. I, I don't think that there was a specific quarterback that they were, they had in mind. They were good with four of them. And um, I think they've kind of, you know, tried to whittle that down from there. Um, you know, I think that 
the people that I talk to think it's Trey Lance, uh, and they're not going to believe it's Mac Jones till the name is called. But that doesn't mean it's not Mac Jones. That's just like you know, that's just our belief based on you know some evidence and conversations and things we've had. So you know, it, it very well could be Mac Jones. Um, I I don't think it's Justin Fields. Maybe you know, maybe I'm totally wrong on that. Maybe we're all totally wrong on that. But we we don't believe it's Justin Fields. Um, I, I think it's Lance or Jones. I think it's Lance. Uh, people I talk to think it's Lance. Um, but there are plenty of people that think it's Mac Jones as well. What is so on the on the uh, Fields thing? With he's sliding a little bit, or some would say a lot. What is the, what is the reasoning behind people not liking Fields as much that you're getting? Well, there are, there are several reasons. Um, some of it is on the field. Some of it isn't. Um, I, th- I think that, that on the field, you know, you see a guy that holds a ball uh, quite a bit and, and it's a problem. You see a guy who struggled with, you know, kind of identifying uh, blitzes at times. You go back, look at the Indiana tape and Indiana kept showing like, you know, boundary pressure all game. And then they would drop it and bring field side. And he just didn't see the pressure and we just eat. I think he ate like five sacks in that game. I could be wrong. Um, and, and then there was, you know, some interceptions in there. He, just, he holds the ball a long time. Part of that's a function of Ohio state's offense. They have a lot of like vertical developing option routes. And, and it's part of it's a function of that talent level and that offense that they run. And then part of it is, um, you know, part of it, I think is, is just, he holds the ball all the time, you know? And so that that's something that, uh, you know, that's one of the big things about the NFL learning verbiage, getting the ball out quick. You know, those are kind of the big things off the field. Um, you know, I, I, we've heard things about processing and all this kind of stuff. And I, I think that's BS. Um, I, the things that I've heard are a little bit different. Like he's, you know, he's kind of got this, this giant chip on his shoulder, this me against the world mentality thing and you know if you're somebody like and i'm gonna pick a name at random here if you're somebody like philip Lindsay, who's an incredibly short incredibly small running back and has had that his entire life that's one thing uh but if you were a top recruited quarterback who had offers to like alabama and then went to georgia and then transferred that, that's kind of a weird chip to have you know yeah it, it kind of rubs people the wrong way a little bit especially if you were a top guy you know like if you're constantly doing it that can rub people the wrong way in in a locker room if you're constantly it's me against the world man you know like that kind of thing and and that goes for anybody like there are all kinds of things that can rub people the wrong way but there are there are murmurs and whispers about that rubbing people the wrong way in the in the sense that you know it's like it just got they got old hat you know that people got tired of of that constantly and they're like dude you, you've had every advantage you know uh, you were a your top recruited quarterback you know i mean you've had every advantage how could it be you against the world kind of thing so that's been a complaint there's been some some worth work ethic stuff there's been some 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 whispers that um you know he's a guy that's not very coachable that you know they want him to do one thing and he just kind of goes out and does his own thing um and and that you know that's i'm I, I'm hesitant to say that kind of stuff. Cause the minute you put complaints about a guy out on Twitter, you get pushback from it. And, and usually that pushback is wildly uninformed. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that I haven't put that stuff out on Twitter, but I'll, I'll tell you that here and then it can get out that way. But you know, whether that's true, whether it's not, those are complaints that are coming from people that have literally been around him. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Jake Plummer was a guy that was said to be uncoachable and he had a decent career. So, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's not, that's not to say a guy can't have a good career. Um, but if you're wanting to know specifics, those are some of the specifics. Okay. Um, moving to, uh, different position groups. It, I, I'm interested in the, in the wide receiver, uh, situation and more so I, I'm calling him wide receiver. Cause I think that's what teams are when they're thinking about drafting him. And that's Kyle Pitts. How high could Kyle, could could the Falcons go Pitts at four, or how high do you think Pitts could go? And where do you, where's the most likely landing spot to you? 
I think four is is probably the circle spot, especially if Trey Lance goes three. Um, if Trey Lance doesn't go three, I think there's more of a conversation because Terry Fontenot um, really likes Trey Lance. That's kind of his guy, you know, and Arthur Smith really wants Pitts, who he looks as a tight end, but more is just a weapon. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you, most people look at him as a tight end, um, but they classify him maybe as like a Jimmy Graham type where it's kind of both. So, yeah. you know, like when you talked about him as a wide receiver earlier, I think that, I think it's really just both. Um, but you know, I think, I think four, um, if he were to get away from four, I think, you know, be at five or six, he wouldn't get beyond six. Um, so that's, you know, that that's kind of where that, that situation is. I mean, worst case, absolute worst unthinkable scenario, he would get to seven. Um, and, and then there would be a trade, you know, somebody would move up to, you know, to get him kind of thing. So I don't think that, um, like he's obviously going very early. Most people view him as the best player in this draft, um, highest grade, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, quarterbacks get pushed up because they're quarterbacks, but uh, but he is what he is. Um, so you know, I, I think four is is the most likely destination. Like I said, especially if Lance goes three. If Lance doesn't go three and Mac Jones goes three, that creates some some situations. Um, you know, uh, like I said, Terry Fontenot likes Trey Lance. Arthur Smith likes Kyle Pitts. The owner kind of uh, is looking at the salary cap situation, saying, "Hey, we might need to trade back because we need a bunch of cheap players because we're going to have some expenses over the next two years." So there's there's some conflicting thoughts and ideologies kind of going on there in Atlanta. But uh, I really do believe it's going to be Pitts or a quarterback. So that Atlanta pick is kind of the one that I feel like a lot of people are circling as that's where we really don't know what's going to happen. We, I guess we don't know what, ha- what, what the 49ers are going to do either, but we know it's quarterback. So with the Atlanta one, what do you think they're willing to trade down? Do you think, is it really just come down to is Lance on the board for, for that pick? I don't know if it does. Like I said, there's still some internal um, and, and, you know, as, as, as information clamps down, as you get closer to the draft, like I, you know, the conversations that I was having with people down there, it's, it's tougher to, um, you know, it's tougher to uh, delve into that, but I know that was the disagreement. That was the crux of the disagreement. So I, I don't know if like, if Trey Lance is there that they're definitely taking him, but I know that's in the conversation. And I, I really feel like the conversation at four is, um, is Lance Pitts and then to a much lesser degree fields. So we're also hearing not just that Atlanta's possibly open to trading down. We're hearing that, you know, that the Panthers are willing to trade down. A lot of people think the Broncos could trade. What does it feel like more teams are interested in trading back right now? Or, or is that, am I getting the wrong read? I think that's every year. I think every year teams want to trade down. They just don't necessarily get to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think that there's any more or less, um, in this particular draft and normal, I think it's just, I think it's just the, the way things have kind of, you know, kind of shaken out is that the, the, the teams that want to maybe are a little bit more public maybe this year, um, or we were, we're able to ascertain that. Um, yes. I think the Broncos would like to trade down. Uh, if a certain specific quarterback is there at nine, I think they'd look at that. Um, but I think otherwise they'd like to trade name? down. Do you know a name? that the Broncos I'm not gonna, I'm absolutely 100% not putting a name on that right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but if they, you know, I mean, I work inside the building, they, they, I, I wouldn't be if I did. Um, so I'll just say that, that there's a specific name. And if that name is there, then, then that would be, um, you know, then, then that would be looked at, but otherwise I do believe they want to trade down. Now, if they can't trade down, then there are names that would be there. And I, I would, I would suggest that, you know, Slater would be a name that would be in play. So, uh, and, and I'll, I'll get you out of here here in a second, but I do, I do have to ask for one of the other hosts on here. Big, big Broncos fan. And he, he, unlike some others, and I know you've seen this on Twitter, he still likes Locke. He, he thinks Drew Locke can be a good quarterback. 
what is what is is the feeling you get inside the building about Drew Lock? Um, in in terms of like just uh, his viability as a quarterback, or yeah, like is is he still? Do they is there still belief in him, or is the 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 jury out and they kind of know what they have? Like what 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 are you hearing? And then kind of your opinion on Drew Lock. Uh, they still like Drew Locke. I mean, I know that's going to come as a crushing disappointment to the the haters on Twitter. They they like Drew Locke. They're okay. If they go into next season with him as quarterback, as long as they have competition, they're okay with it. They just want to hedge that bet. Um, I, there is a belief and some belief in the building that he can progress and, and become something. Uh, there's also belief in the building that he can't. I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Nobody There's not like a unified opinion there. Um, but I, I would say that they're okay with going into next season. And in fact, they want to give him another shot in training camp. Uh, regardless of the situation, whether they draft a quarterback, whether they bring in a veteran, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, in, in, you know, part of the thing with the Matt Stafford trade, you know, the Lions wanted him, they didn't want to include him. Um, and then obviously the Lions ended up getting significantly better compensation for the Rams than, than the Broncos were willing to go. But, um, you know, they, they like Drew Locke. It's, it's kind of like you're dating somebody and you're content but you know, it could be better and you kind of got your eye out, but you're not, you know, you're not just going to walk away from what you got unless it's definitely better, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that's, that's probably the best way to phrase that. Well, the Broncos have, uh, I I bet, I bet they feel the same way. They have what they have a good team, a good roster. And if they can get the quarterback situation, figure out whether that be lock or whatever, whatever name that they're eyeing in the draft, there's potential for that team to really all of a sudden be in the playoff hunt. So I, I think that's one of the ones I'm really interested in. Them and Atlanta are two of those teams that I think that don't look great now, but if all of a sudden something starts working, they could easily win a lot of games. Um, all right. I will get you out on this note, Ben. First off, I do want to say thank you so much for joining the pod. We really appreciate you coming back. Um, my last question is there, can, do you have one story or anything fun to tell about one time that you were getting something from a team, like you were hearing something and you, the biggest lie you were ever told in, in about ahead of a draft? Oh, my, um, just smoke screen. I mean, there just plenty. The, that you really were like, wow, you were really blowing smoke up my ass for a good three months. Um, yeah, like, well, I mean, like when the Rams, like I, I used to have, I used to be really connected over at the Rams. Now I've still got some people over there, but like, I used to be like, like have a lot of people over there that I knew. And, uh, so this guy that I didn't know that well from the Rams, um, you know, we, we'd gone out and had a couple of beers or whatever. And so he was, you know, we'd been texting back and forth and he was trying to sell me that they had traded up for Carson Wentz instead of Jared Goff. And he was trying his damnedest to like, to like sell that. And I'm like, dude, there's literally like half a dozen people in your organization that disagree with you. Like, I don't, you know, so it was, it was kind of a weird situation. I mean, I do not talk anymore, obviously, but like, it's, it was just a weird situation. That's one of them. I've, I've had a few over the years and I've got to the point now where, where people don't really do that. Like they just like, you know, we're straight up with each other. I'm like, look, if you don't want something out there, just tell me you don't want it out there and I won't put it out there. But you know, what are you hearing? And I'll tell you what I'm hearing and go from there. And people want what I'm hearing. So in order to continue that relationship, they, they know they need to give me good info because if they give me bad info, they're never going to hear from me again. So it ends up, it ends up kind of working out for me, you know, in that regard, I've gotten super lucky and that, you know, I've able to, um, you know, able to build and maintain those kinds of relationships and kind of be where I'm at now. So. Well, and where you're at is one of the most, to me, one of the most accurate people on Twitter, I, a lot. Every time you throw something out there, it always feels like it's not just a smokescreen. There's a ton of people, especially around the NFL, where 
they're just throwing out things to get clicks and they're throwing out just 10 out of nine out of their 10 tweets that are, are, are they claim to be sources. It's just bullshit that they're just blowing up your ass. So I really appreciate you, Ben. And uh, that is at uh, Albright NFL on Twitter and keep putting out good work. And I know uh, there are quite a few people on Twitter. You, you know this better than anybody that just, just, find a reason to hate you. And I don't know why that <laughs> seems like they come out specifically for you, but uh, I hope you keep doing what you're doing, man. I really appreciate it. Ah, I appreciate you. Let me come on. And if I can give any advice to anybody, haters are a full force multiplier. Use them, use them. Cause the, you know, all those people hating on you, use them too. Cause they're, they're hate listening, you know? And as long as they're listening, you don't care why they're listening. And, and like you tweeted here recently, you know, every now and then it's a crazy, it's a wild thing. But if, if you see something you don't like on Twitter, it's okay to just scroll past it. You don't have to go off on it. So, right. Exactly. Ben, appreciate you. Hopefully we get you on again sometime and uh, excited for the next week. Yeah, definitely. Next time when I have more time, man, sorry, I had to cut this one short. Now we are joined by Braden or AKA OJ to talk a little NBA stuff we've done. We've been all over the draft. We talked, uh, we got our thoughts, and then we talked to Ben Albright, an NFL insider, on a few picks from him, or a few thoughts from him at least. And now it's time to round it all out. We got some NBA talk. Braden, first off, I want to say appreciate you coming back on and talking the end of this season with me. Yeah, man, happy to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. You know, I'm always happy to talk some NBA. Looking forward to the playoffs getting started. So first, let's. I, I want to talk this. The I want to get your opinion because we talked about it before. The the playing games. And, and now we got, what, so seven plays 10 and eight plays nine. And now it's looking like the Celtics or Heat in the East could have to play in a play-in game. And then over in the West, my Mavericks or your Trailblazers, probably one of them will be playing in the play-in games. First, so I want to get your thoughts because I know Mark Cuban voted on it, that he did like it, and then he started whining and moaning about it when it looked like he was going to have to play Steph Curry. So what do you think about the play-in games in general? Yeah, I'm – I mean, I'm mostly indifferent. I guess if I like had to had to put my foot down in, in other side, I, I would. I, I like to go back to the old format. The, the playing game was fun last year. I feel like when we were we were deprived of sports for so long, and then it was just a weird year. So I, I understand why they did it. But moving forward, I, I think it makes sense to just have the top eight teams in the playoffs and not have this this extra one off game where really anything could happen. I, I think I think this year is going to be a. a a, a great example of that too with like we were just talking about the Celtics have just been the weirdest team all year they're so streaky so unpredictable tonight they got they lost to the Thunder without <laughs> without Shea Gilgis Alexander playing I mean basically Lou Dort they lost the to the Lou Dort exactly <laughs> I mean with all due respect to Lou Dort that's just that, that's a terrible loss for the Celtics is my point so you know did they go into the if they slip down into the tournament or into the play-in tournament and they have to play the the Pacers or the Wizards and lose, you know, I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I just feel like a team that's in the sixth seed or a, a half a game out of the sixth seed should easily be able to make the playoffs. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird, weird deal for me. Like I said, I'm mostly indifferent, but I guess if I had to choose, I would, I would root against it, but we're getting it. So. See, I root against it a little this year, just because like I said, I, I it'll be so tough. If one of the Mavericks or Trailblazers are probably going to have to play yeah. Steph Curry and the Warriors and, they're, the Warriors shouldn't be – I think the Mavericks and Trailblazers are both better teams, but we all know if Steph right. gets hot, he can win a game, and these playing games, it's not a seven-game series. But in that same breath, the games are going to be fun. We could The Pelicans probably won't even make it because they're some – Van Gundy no, is yeah. blowing that whole situation. But 
the games will be fun. If we get Mavericks Warriors, that would be fun. If it's Blazers Warriors, that'd be fun. The Grizzlies Spurs. I kind of, I would prefer, I, actually everybody would probably prefer the Spurs falling out and the Pelicans getting in, but it just doesn't look like that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. And then over in the East, East one's not as entertaining, but the Wizards, I do think the Wizards in a playing game, you got Rush, you got Beal, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't pick right. it, but yeah, maybe. exactly. That's that's exactly the type of thing. It's it's the t- the ten seeds might be the most interesting teams out of all four in, in both conference that are going to make it. You know, just because they have those guys that can get that can get nuclear. And like you said, the games are going to be fun. I'm sitting here saying that I would prefer not to have the tournament. I'm going to watch every single play in game, and I'm going to watch them. and probably bet so, on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I'll be there, and I won't be complaining. But you know. And by the way, I will. But while we're while while I mention that, before we get into, because let's we're going to talk about the teams that actually are, are we think can win it. But before we get there, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. This weekend we have so much sports action. We got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday and later throughout the weekend. They got all kinds of prop bets on that. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? Where Justin Fields would go? Where Lance goes? Where Mac Jones? Because they got all kinds of stuff. How many offensive linemen go in the first round? And then this weekend, you also got the Kentucky Derby is back with the first leg of the Triple Crown beginning this weekend. And, of course, anything you want with the MLB, NHL, UFC, MMA action, everything you want. So before the next pitch, the next tip, the next bell rings, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the action as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs and the championship. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's go to would you say the favorites in East and West are the Lakers and Nets? Is that fair to say you think? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think in the East it's easy. I think in the East it's it's definitely the Nets. Even though I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm, I'm not gonna believe in the Nets and all the talent that they've got when they're healthy. But I think the stat that's been if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen it a couple times. The trio of Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie Irving have only played, I think, seven games together this year. That matters. I mean, it definitely matters to a certain degree. I don't think it would matter enough for them to get bounced, like in this in, in the second round, definitely, or maybe even conference finals. But I, I, it's something I got my eye on. And then, yeah, in, in the West, I don't, I don't think anyone's a serious believer in the Jazz. I mean, I know I'm not. And with Donovan Mitchell coming back off an ankle injury, the Suns are fun. I actually think they're pretty scary. But the 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 West is going to go through LA, whether it be the Clippers or the Lakers and the Lakers at full strength, that that's, I'm still going to lean with them until they give me a reason not to. I think I, I want to go to the East just because I find that the net stuff so intriguing. Cause I agree that they're the favorite and I would probably bet on the talent there, but I mean, I guess it could work in their favor too. I mean, no, no team has seen those three guys. There's not a whole lot of tape to really study how they're going to play together, but I, I have no idea how that could work. I mean, that, that's going to be tough for them. And, who they could play in the – it would be – if they could get the Heat and the Nets Heat in the first round would be electric if the Heat somehow ended up as the eight. Just because I do yeah. think the Heat yeah. have a shot. I don't think they would, but we, we know they've been there and done that before. They would have a right. shot. The, the, the Heat's ability to be versatile on, on defense with, with Bam Adebayo defending defending Kevin and, and uh, James Harden, you know, he, he, can, he can guard those guys. You know, he probably wouldn't put him in front of Kyrie, but – I mean, he's not going to slow down Kevin Durant, but the, the Heat, you know, if you look at all the teams that could play the Nets in the first round, the Heat are really the only team that have someone that could maybe make it tough on them to, to to push them in a game or two. And, you know, sometimes those first round series, you win the first game or even the second one, get a lead, 
early in the series, things kind of get could get weird. But uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think the Nets just have too much talent. But I, I like I agree with you. I would like to see the Heat face up face them in the first round. Who else? Who else do you think could win it in the East? I mean, 76ers, Bucks, the Knicks are the four seed. Amazingly, they're not at one in their last 10. I don't think we think they can win it. But let's just go. Who do you think can win it in the East other than the Nets? Yeah, so the, the Knicks are a blast. But um, the, the Knicks, to me, are a lot like the, the Celtics. Their, their whole offense is just kind of driven by one or two guys. I mean, I, the Celtics, of course, have Jalen Brown and Tatum. The Knicks, R.J. Barrett really isn't up on that level to, to go full Robin to Julius Randle's Batman. But the Knicks have an awesome defense. Uh, a lot of their guys, you know, they might not be tops in the league, but if you if you look at, like, the defensive rating for individual players, which is kind of a weird stat, but a lot of the Knicks starters are, are up there, and they've got guys who can come off the bench, like, quickly, and D-Rose who can initiate the offense. They're fun, but I, I don't the really see effect on defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're. I mean, that's, that's the thing. They're trying, you know, and they're having fun doing it. The Bucks. The Bucks to me are, are are kind of like they have been in the past. I personally, I mean, for as great as Giannis is, I just haven't seen him when whistles are swallowed, defensive tight, defenses tighten in the playoffs. I haven't seen him be able to go and finish a game. Um, the, the thing about the Bucks is going to be the same thing as same thing it has been for them the past couple of years. They're a top three to five three point shooting team in the league. So you know, any given night they could just knock them down. Um, the 76ers with with Ben Simmons, who I if I had a vote, of course I don't. He'd be my defensive player of the year. Joel Embiid playing absolutely the best best basketball career of his Joel career. Embiid was the MVP Shaq. before that injury, wouldn't you say? Exactly. He was going to run away with it, I think. I mean, Jokic would have really had to turn it up. Jokic has pretty much been coasting because of that Embiid injury, but I agree yeah. Embiid was going to win it. So I, I guess the Sixers could give give the Nets some trouble if, if Ben Simmons really locks down KD. I just don't think that that's possible to lock him down. But, um, I, I mean, I, I think that the East is the Nets to lose. It just doesn't look like these teams have enough firepower to compete with the, what we think the Nets are going to be like when they get open. I, the Bucks intrigue me because the last few years they've been, like we, we've talked about before, they were the number one seeds. They're amazing. Their point differential was great. And this year their stats are very similar and Giannis's stats mm-hmm. are still incredible. That's what he does in the regular season. He's going to put up oh, yeah. 28, 29 points. He's going to get you 10 plus rebounds, probably five plus this, this year he's got, let's see, 28, 11 and six is what he's averaging. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. I, they do worry me late in games because like you said, yeah. I just don't know. Can Giannis go get a basket? He's great in the first three and a half quarters, but when he gets really tight in playoff basketball, especially if he's going to have to go against, the Sixers, I think the Sixers match up well against the Bucks in the postseason just because you can put I do too. Simmons on Giannis. And then even if he gets past Giannis, or if Giannis gets past Simmons, he's got him beat mm-hmm. down there. It's just they can build the wall that has really plagued the Bucks. So I don't – they do intrigue me just because if Giannis can – at some point we do see it with stars where they become great. I don't know if Giannis has it in him, but this would be the year where he would just become the best player in the playoffs. I don't think he will do that. They're intriguing to me. I think – if yeah. I had to choose Sixers or Nets, I that series would be tough. I just don't know what the Nets do with Embiid. I really don't. So I, I agree. Embiid probably scores thirty-five in that series if he really wants to. An important thing I think to remember about that is if the Nets play the Seventy Sixers or the Bucks in the conference finals, which I, I mean, obviously they're the one, two, three seed, so that's the most likely outcome. The Nets will be coming off a series where they probably would have beaten the Knicks or the Hawks 
probably, unless the Celtics are one of those teams. No, the Celtics will be on the other side. So basically what I'm saying is the 76ers and the Bucks, like we said, they match up well against each other. That's going to be a tough, hard-fought series. Might go six or seven games. The Nets might, the Nets might be coming off a sweep. So, I mean, I, I think that series in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Nets are going to be well-rested. The 76ers and Bucks are going to be coming out of a dogfight, and it, the, the Nets could jump on them really quickly, I think. The net before we move to the West, the Nets just scary because we've talked as we kind of alluded to at the beginning. They just don't know if they're healthy. Yeah, I love them, but Durant seems like, and I don't know mm-hmm. how they're treating this. Like that leg injury he had where he bruised his leg against Ariza, that might have been nothing. If it's a playoff game, he might be playing, but they're just like, what's the point? And it's a regular season right. game. They're already got. They're already wrapped up. Well, they haven't wrapped up the one seed, but yeah, that the one seed is important, but not that important. What's important is having KD. Harden, Kyrie playing in the in the playoffs, and that's what they're I, going for. Yeah, I would like to see the Bucks play the Nets because I, you know, I, maybe I'm scarred from the Drew Holiday series against Damian Lillard from a couple years ago. In fact, I, I promise you, I am. I would like to see Drew <laughs> matched up against Kyrie and uh, Divincenzo is a pretty good defender. Bryn Forbes can do some things, so I, I think the Bucks could present some problems for them. I just hope that uh, if they make it, if they make it past the Sixers, that they are well rested enough to give the Nets a good fight. Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders. I mean, Blake Ben Simmons might be better just because he can he's versatile where he can guard like even a power forward. But Drew sure. Holiday would like there was not too long ago they played the Suns and the game mm-hmm. came down to the wire and it was uh, Devin Booker going for a bucket and Drew Holiday just put the clamps on him for 20 full seconds. Like he just couldn't even get loose at all. He still has that where he could maybe take Kyrie. He's going to have his hands full in that series cuz he'd be basically switching off between Kyrie and Harden, which is a tall task, but a tall task for sure. I, I think you noted though, Ben Simmons' versatility puts him over the top. But against a guard on the perimeter, I'm I'm taking Drew for sure. He he can put the clamps on you. So I want to go over to the the Western Conference where it is lo- at the top. The top three seeds are all within a game of each other. Well, the Clippers are two games back from the Jazz games, yeah. the loss column. But you got the Jazz at one, Suns two, Clippers three. The Clippers have been on fire as of late. Best team since the All Star break. Yeah, but do, what do we think? Is there any trust in the Clippers? I just, I, I, I don't want to. I just, I can envision a scenario where you put a little futures bet on the Clippers, and then you watch Paul George start choking late in the playoffs. And I don't want to. I just don't even want to be in that situation. So I'll probably stay away. But how, how bullish do you feel about the Clippers? Do you think they could, they could pull it off this year? The the way I feel about the Clippers is pretty much the inverse of the way I feel about the Lakers. The Clippers, this this team outside of Kawhi Leonard, I mean it's the same team as last year, and we know what happened. They've got they've given me no re- they've had a great regular season, but they had a good regular season last year. So in these moments that are coming up in a few weeks, they've given me no reason really to to buy into them. And like like you said, maybe put a futures bet on them. I will not be doing anything like that until they prove me wrong that they can win some big time games like that. And Paul George can step up when it matters. I'm not I'm not buying in. Now that's not to say that I think the Jazz are taking them down or even the Suns. I I, I might have a little more trust in them than those teams, but that says more about how I feel about the Jazz and the Suns in my, to me than it does how I feel about the Clippers. What? Why do you tell me why? Give me the case why you don't like. And you're not alone. But the Jazz are the one seed. They've been the one seed all year long. They've been playing. They've had a good regular season. Mitchell's out now, but I think he'll be fine by come playoff times. So I think they're just making sure he's good. Why? Why should I not believe in the Jazz? 
I don't think they have the firepower on offense. They have been shooting a lot of threes this year, which is not what you would expect from a team like the Jazz, and they're making a lot. I think they actually might be – I don't have it right in front of me, but I actually think they might shoot it at the best clip in the league percentage-wise. But I just – I mean, if your second guy is is Rudy Gobert, I, I don't think that that's going to be enough. Donovan Mitchell, I, I agree. I mean, I think he'll be back for the playoffs, and they don't need him to play any of these games at the end of the season. But coming back from a high ankle sprain that was – pretty gnarly is not going to be easy to do especially in the west when like we were talking about earlier his first round could be against the blazers or the or the warriors or even the grizzlies which are a pretty salty defensive team if it's the Spurs, especially with then, jaron jackson yeah. coming back yeah jaron jackson coming back they've got um melton winslow and brooks who all can make it nightmarish for a shooting guard i mean they are really really good defenders and even if they're getting beat on defense just up against a superior offensive player they're annoying which, and there's a lot of them, you know what I mean? I just named three yeah. guys that basically do the same thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't think the Jazz have the longevity to do it with Rudy Gobert as their, as their second best player. Now, if if Ingles gets hot or if Bogdanovich gets hot or, you know, who's really had a great season, he's going to win six men a year is Clarkson. He, he could really be the X, X factor in determining how far they get. But um, for, for me – It does I scare me when you're depending that think, much on Jordan yeah. Clarkson. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you need Jordan Carson to get you 20 a game, I don't think you're making a run in this Western Conference. I mean, you can win a round or two. but The case for the Jazz would be, though, that they have the defensive anchor in Gobert, which I do think he's valuable. It's hard to determine how valuable he really is. But what what they have offensively is they have Mitchell, who can just straight up, as we watched last year in the playoffs, can win you a few games on his own. He can lose you a few – but no they doubt. have the playmakers where they have Ingles can kind of be the playmaker for a couple possessions. Clarkson can be the pick and roll guy. Mike Conley is kind of shrugged off whatever funk he was in last year. And then Bogdanovich, as you mean, they got a lot of guys that you can run the offense through for stints until that fourth quarter comes and it goes all through Mitchell. So that I think they have a shot, but I just don't I, I would put them I think the tier one are the two LA teams. And I I put Phoenix in tier one. Do you put Phoenix in tier one too, or are they kind of with the Jazz in tier two? I I can't, I can't decide on Phoenix. I, I mean, I I, I I will say I have a bias for Chris Paul. Always have. So let me let me throw see, that out. And there. I have the opposite. I have I have the opposite bias for Chris Paul. It's not really bias against him. It's just his playoff resume is not not all that great. Now if he, that if he doesn't hurt his knee when he's on the Rockets, then you know this is a complete conversation. I can't say something like that. But the the, the Suns, I think, to me, check more boxes than the Jazz. They just have more firepower, I think, and I keep using the word firepower, but I, I mean, I think that matters a lot because if you look at the Jazz's roster, you know, they've got their starting five, and then they've got Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Like, can you name their seventh man? You know what I mean? And I, I just think the Phoenix has more more pieces that can go get you a game. The, the key for the Jazz to keep moving along in the playoffs is every single series, they're going to have to have a Joe Ingles game. They're going to have to have a Bogdanovich game. They're going to have to have a Clarkson game. And I'm not rooting on that, or I'm not counting on that uh, two or three series in a row. I think where it's going to come, where it's going to be really important. So what, let's see. If the Lakers, they look like they're pretty locked into the five, right? From what uh, I'm gathering. Yeah. The I mean, Mavericks could catch the, them, the, the but Ma- the Mavericks right, are wishy-washy. Yeah. The Blazers have been hot and cold. And LeBron's and supposedly the have coming been, back this week. The, the, the Lakers have been okay without these guys. So they're managing getting by. And if they can keep resting LeBron as much as they need to, yeah, I, th- I, I think they're going to play that as about as gently as they can to stay locked. So would that mean uh, – I'm 
drawing a blank here. That would mean the Lakers could play the Jazz. For, the Jazz might have to play the Lakers second round. Is that how uh, the second round? Would work? Yeah. yeah, yeah, second round. That's that's great. They play the Nuggets first round would be a great series. So you almost don't do the Jazz. What do you want the one seed in the West? Okay, so that's another thing about about the the West. It's kind of funny. It's kind of the same way in the East, depending on who you who you believe in. But the if if you're the Jazz and the Trailblazers or the Warriors, you know, depending on how you feel about those teams, do you want to see that team in the first round? I feel like you don't. You'd rather not. I mean, I think the right. Jazz would feel confident, but you, I don't want to see Dame Lillard and CJ in the playoffs. Right. So if if the Trailblazers and the Warriors are the seven eight seed, then you know it's kind of pick your poison, whether you're one or two. I, I, I don't think, I think you would rather play the trouble me. I mean, I'm kind of, kind of pessimistic right now about my Blazers, but I think you'd rather play the Blazers than the Warriors, the way Steph's playing. But, I, but I'm not sure I love either of those. Well, th- th- I want to get to that. Matchup. I want to get to, to the Blazers because I know you, you watch as, as much Blazers probably as anybody. And I, there is, Dame was Dame is one of is one of the best point guards. At one point, he was putting up MVP numbers, and he's slowed way down. Just in the month of April, he has had a tough time. Actually, his last thirty point game was April second. He hasn't had a thirty point game since. It's his longest stretch without a thirty point game. And in, really, the whole month of April, he's averaging twenty two points per game on thirty seven percent from the field, and even worse mm-hmm. from three. I, what what's What's going? Is it just another year where the Blazers? I, I know they have injuries. I don't. I barely see Collins at all, which frustrates me because I feel like Collins could be a real piece. Nurkic, I know he got hurt earlier. Like, what's the deal with the Blazers? Just tell me what's going on. All right. Well, well let me start with Dame. I'll tell you exactly what happened with Dame. And and I, I did this whole thing on Twitter the other night, and I had Paul George stands, is what it said in their bio. They were all in my mentions. <laughs> and I didn't even know they existed, but I, I, I made it mad. Apparently, the the Blazers played the Mavs on March 21st. We lost by like 40. We got absolutely killed. Dame banged knees with Josh Richardson in that game, and it really messed him up. He's missed four games since then, but CJ's been out. Nurse's been hurt. Collins is still out. Dame can't really afford to sit out games. His stats since that since he banged knees with Josh Richardson, 22.6 points per game, 6.9 assists per game, 3.5 rebounds per game. He's shooting 37% from the field and a about 32.5% from three, 87% from three throw. And he's only, this is the biggest indicator that he's hurt. He's only taken 6.3 free throw attempts per game. If you look back at the 30 games before that, his numbers are MVP numbers. But you can clearly tell that ever since he banged knees with Josh Richardson, he's, he's not the same guy. But the problem is he can't rest like these other guys have the luxury of doing. So he's been out there playing and he's just not himself. And then... On top of just the Dame thing, I mean, we're the worst defensive team in the league, no matter what metric you look at. We have been, under Terry Stotts, a bottom five defensive team for years. He refuses to make any adjustments. We've got Derrick Jones Jr., who we brought over in the offseason, and he is definitely our best perimeter defender. He's been benched, and we just signed Rondé Hollis-Jefferson for the rest of the season, and I guess he's taking DJJ's minutes. I don't really understand what we're doing right there. Carmelo and Canner on the floor – way too many times and if you ever watch Blazers games you can tell exactly when things start to go south it's when those two are sharing the floor together so I mean yeah the Blazers are pretty much what they've been the last few years they're fun CJ and Dame can each get you 50 Nurk is a good Nurk is a good big Kander's the best rebounder in the league in my opinion and 
but 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 at the end of the day, they just can't do enough on defense to to stop pretty much any team in the league. I know we're on on at least for right now, we're talking more about these playoffs. But just real quick, I want to get your opinion if if the Blazers have another disappointing end of the year, worst case scenario, losing a play in game, but losing the first round or something, can they chalk another year up to? Just bad injury luck? Because I do think they've got a lot of – last year you thought there's no way they get as bad a luck as they did this year. And then here we are this year, they go, everybody's been hurt. I, can you chalk another year up and just keep bringing the gang back together? Or is it is it time to make a move? No, no. And, and I've been I've been unfortunately thinking about this a lot. And and while I, I agree with you, they have had a lot of injury luck, I would argue that they are the most unfortunate team in the league in the past however many years. Out of all the yeah. contenders, I'm sure there are worse teams, you know, like Minnesota or whatever. Where things yeah, but they do a lot of their own. They, they bring a lot of right. and, themselves. And like the Kings, you know, like how unfortunate are they or how bad are they? It's kind of like the <laughs> But I, we really have been so unfortunate. But at, at the same time, you're right. It, it's it's almost to a point where it's gone too far. And I've never, since I've been a Blazers fan, which is pretty much my whole adult life, I, I mean, I've never really been calling for – heads or anything but heads have got to roll because here's what's going to happen if they don't or here's what is going to happen if if they don't make a run this playoff or if if it's an embarrassing loss cj is gonna the, the front office is going to be forced or someone's going to push their hand to get rid of cj Stotts needs to leave i haven't seen him make an adjustment since the 2018 playoffs honestly I, i'm kind of sick of it but dame doesn't dame's 32 so or he's like 31 so he doesn't want to start over and i don't blame him so if CJ's out, Stotts is out, Norm Powell is, you know, we just picked him up for Gary Trent Jr., which was a good trade as long as Norm Powell resigns. But if he doesn't, you know, what is the roster going to be looking like? We can't get healthy. We're going to be forced to make a move with CJ, Dame's running mate. Coach is gone. I mean, it would be a rebuild. And and losing Dame would be devastating to this, this team and this fan base, obviously. It would just be tough for the Blazers and for Blazers fans out there to know – you got a guy like Dame who is loyal and wants to stay where so many other guys, and especially in today's NBA, are ready to bowl at any trouble. And he's been ready to battle through. And they just – a lot of it's bad luck, but for whatever – they just haven't been able to get the pieces he needs around to make a run. When Dame – he's been good enough. If he had the right pieces, he's been good sure. enough to make the run. And they made they got they got to the Western Conference playoffs that one – or finals that one year. So Oh, yeah. That's going to be one of those things. If something bad happens this year and they have to blow up something – it's going to be when you look back in 10 years and you're going to go, damn, that we had the opportunity and we just didn't capitalize. I do want to touch on, because I know some of the listeners here are going to be, we're closer. So we got to touch on the Mavericks. And the Mavericks, I, I, won't, I won't call them the most frustrating team because you, you would have a good argument with the Blazers. But <laughs> the Mavericks, are the they have to be one of the most inconsistent teams. They will have a game where they look, Luca looks good every night, but they'll have a game where they look great, they have good uh, good shooters around Luka. They're playing a little better defensively. And then Porzingis actually looks like maybe the guy we traded for. And then they'll have a three-game stint where Porzingis can barely grab five rebounds. It's Luka or nothing offensively. And then we're depending on Jalen Brunson to be like an all-star. I, I don't know if I – I wouldn't want to play the Mavericks in the first round if I'm another team just because they have the Luka effect. But I don't trust the Mavericks to do really anything. They're just too inconsistent. I don't know I totally what the issue agree. is, but they're just inconsistent. I totally agree. I, I think they're the Celtics of the West, and I don't just say that because they're in the same in the same spot in the standings right now. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure what the 
they might have a, a coach a coach problem too. I'm not really sure what what. It's Carlisle interesting. There's was. been conversations yeah. about Rick Carlisle, but everyone goes back. 2011 was a long time ago. He did coach his ass off in 2011, but right. that championship's yeah. a long time ago. And they've had a Luka Doncic now for a while. And I don't think Luka's not the type. I don't. I don't think he hasn't like voiced that he's upset. But you never know. And if you lose Luka Doncic because you held on to Rick Carlisle too long, that will be the biggest right. mistake of your career. If you're Mark Cuban. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you said, they're kind of counting on Jalen Brunson to be like a Jordan Clarkson type. I never really understood the going with Josh Richardson over Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. I don't really know what he does better. Uh, Dwight Powell, since he came back from injury, has just been pretty much dust. Um, and, and Porzingis is, I mean, that's a real, that's a real problem. I, I, Did I mean, the Mavericks lose that Dallas, trade? Did the Mavericks lose that trade? <laughs> So I can't remember all the details, but right now I would I think I would rather have So Barrett actually I have pulled up because I was thinking about right, this yeah. earlier. Dallas gave the Knicks uh for Porzingis, they gave up Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and then a 2021 first and a 2023 first. So their first this year and then their first in two years. They okay, so the Knicks didn't get Randall, but one could argue they got the cap space needed to go get Randall. So maybe if you're a if you're arguing that the Knicks won the trade, you're saying they got the cap space to build the team that they have today. Right. And the Mavs yes, are, so and the, the Mavs, maybe some would say the biggest loss is the Mavs are, they, cause they paid to pay for things after and they're on a $30 million a year contract with the guy who right. doesn't look like the guy we thought he was. No, he does not look good. And he can't stay on the floor. And like I said, I, I live here in Dallas. I'm not totally tapped into the Mavs fan base and everything going on with them. But I, is there is there some like Luca KP issues? Are they as friendly as they used to be? You know, like it, there's it, rumors. It there, seem and like it's it all just rumors, all. but there's rumors that KP had the thought process when he got traded to Dallas. Okay, I'm about to be take take the torch from Dirk. I'm about to be the Dallas star sure. and all this. And then Luca no, came in, and it's just clear. It's clear who the star is. Yeah, Luca's better than anyone been, yeah. could have thought, and and it does. It just seems like at times. KP's seven foot three and gets like eight rebounds a game. That that's preposterous. I mean, that means you're not yeah. trying. I feel like, right? Not trying, not physical enough, and and just can't can't stay healthy. I mean, if 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 he, if all his injuries are impacting him and he's and he's playing scared, I guess that would be one thing, and you can't really blame him for that, you know. But it, it's he's not doing what you need from your seven three guy that can shoot it from thirty feet at all, and. and, and you know, like I said, the Tim Hardaway, Josh Richard thing is weird to me. They let Seth Curry walk, and I guess they expected Trey Burke to be the thing and then pick up J.J. Redick at the deadline. It sounds like J.J. Redick doesn't want to be there. He seems more interested in his podcast right now than playing basketball. It's <laughs> it's all just very weird to me, and I don't see how the Mavericks make it out of the first one. It's one of those – I actually liked the the move to bring in Josh Richardson and trade Seth – not that I dislike – I love Seth Curry, but I thought – you do need perimeter defense around Luca, and he can make a guy. If you just bring him average shooters, he can elevate them. But they they look like they're missing something big time with Seth Curry, and Seth Curry looks great for the 76ers. So I feel like that move mm-hmm. hasn't worked out as well. Obviously, we're talking about the Porzingis move doesn't seem like it's worked. They're, it seems like they 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 hit the nail on the head. They got lucky, and the Luca pick was the, the great pick, great trade. But ever since, every move since has been very very questionable. And I just the way the NBA works, I don't know how Luke is thinking, obviously, but the way NBA works is soon he's going to start thinking about there's going to be people in his ear going, oh, you realize the Mavericks just ruined three amazing years by you. 
Right. And the more they talk, the more chance he can leave. And he is a generational star. For sure. No doubt about it. I I hope nothing happens to Luke Luke. It's fun to have him, fun to have him here in Dallas, but they are asking a lot of him. It's kind of Damian Lillard-esque, honestly, where they're, they're asking a lot of him and and Luke is pretty emotional. (laughs) I mean, he's way more emotional (laughs) than Dame. And yeah, like you're saying, I, if he starts to waver, I, I, it's not like I would be surprised. So if you had to pick, as we wrap up here, if you had to pick, I think I know where you're going, but if you had to pick one team to win it all, where are you going? I'm going with the Lakers. I mean, I, you're I'm just still, trusting I, that they'll be yeah, fine and healthy. I, I'm I'm encouraged by AD coming back now. I I don't want the first game LeBron plays to to be or the first game you know back from injury to be the first round of the playoffs. You know, I hope they get him in for the last five to seven games and he gets some run. LeBron, of course, knows his body just as good as I think any athlete ever has in the history of sports. But, um, you know, I, until they give me a reason to to discount them, I'm I, I definitely think they're coming out of the West. And I like I said, I think it goes through L.A. I'm not the, the Nuggets losing Jamal Murray is really unfair because they were having that a sucks. Season. They had a shot. Yeah. And, and you know what I said last year about Jokic and I was going to stand by that, but they were looking way better last year than I ever thought they would or this year than I ever thought they would when I said that last year. So, I mean, I, I'm going with the, with the Lakers out of the West. Um, and then, and then in the East, I think it's, I think it's going to be the Nets and, you know, with Kyrie and Katie's injuries thing, and it, you know, James Harden's been one of the most durable superstars that this league's ever seen yes. until this year. So these injuries popping up are, are pretty worrisome. I, I don't know if the Lakers can beat the Nets. The Lakers have the best defense in the league, and the Nets have maybe, when they're all healthy, the best offense we're ever going to see. So that would be an awesome, awesome finals if we could get them there all healthy. Um, I, I honestly am not sure <laughs> which way it would go. I honestly, I think I think the Nets would probably take it. But um, for now, if I had to place one bet, it would be on the Lakers. Yeah, I think I agree, too. Anthony Davis has looked promising, and I think – even though they're playing him on a restricted, he lo- I've seen stints where he looks like AD, and that's all I really mm-hmm. need to see. And then with LeBron, I, I've heard, I've, I've read that he's coming back this week at some point, and and there's just he was going to go for the MVP, and I don't know if that had been for good sure. on his body. Now, especially with the quick turnaround from the bubble to this season, I think he used because as you mentioned, he knows his body. We, we've seen him do this before, where he took a he took like a two week sabbatical when he was at the Cleveland mm-hmm. to get ready. So I. I think this is going to be perfect and he'll be rejuvenated. And I just trust that a healthy LeBron AD, I've, I've seen him do it. And yep. I just need – KD has not been healthy for like three years now. I just need to see it. Right. And Same. and that's the finals I want to see. That I don't know if we'll get it because I just don't know if we'll get the health, but that's the finals that would be – I just any KD-LeBron matchup is fun. And I think we got we got Rod before because it was KD and eight – or in three Hall of Famers going against LeBron. So – No, yeah, totally agree. That's what I'm hoping for. I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun playoffs. I I really think these playing games are gonna be fun. I think the matchups could be really good when we get to the playoffs. So I I'm pumped for it. I think I picking the Lakers and I'm rooting for the Mavs Suns because I just want I would love to see Chris Paul get one. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I'd love to see it happen. I like some pieces on that Suns team too. All right. Well, I appreciate you hopping on with us, LJ. And I want to say thank you before we go to Ben Albright for coming on and Jacob for coming on. And we will be back next week to talk about how wrong we were on all our thoughts with the NFL draft (laughs) and how it's all going to go different than what we thought, but whatever, you know, that's what we're here for to give you the bad takes. So uh, we'll be back next week. We'll make sure to check out bet online for all your uh, betting needs. They have every sport imaginable and uh, Braden, we'll have to bring you back on when the playoffs are set. Cause I know we made some predictions last year. 
Uh, so we'll have, we'll have to touch on that again later this when the season ends. For sure. Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. The day is here already.